Good morning and welcome to all those who have tuned in with us at Station KKBB, where you are listening to Sabbath service at Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. You may log on to our website at www.abundantlifelv.org, or you may visit us at 1720 North J Street, Las Vegas, Nevada. Our contact number is 702-647-2627. We are pastored by Russell Lewars. Our associate pastor is Johnny Holliday, and our first elder is Clarence Brown. Our speaker today will be bringing you a message entitled, Waiting in Vain. Immediately following the musical selection, the next voice you will hear is that of Russell Lewars. Hear ye him.
order my steps in your word. Please order my steps in your word. I want to walk worthy. My calling to fulfill. My calling to fulfill. Lord, order, order my, my steps, Lord, Jesus. Oh, I'll do it, I'll do it, yeah. Oh, thank you. The world is changing. Thank God, thank God you remain the same, Jesus. But you are still.
saying the church needs to say amen. Amen. amen order my steps yes, sir. order my steps want to thank the choir for that amen. what a reminder and it fits so well with the word today that we have before us. For us, for God to order our steps, we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Without that key component Truly, truly, our lives will forever be miserable. I want to pray with you before we begin. While the message in the song is marinating within us, Let's bow. Father, we want to be changed today. We don't want it to be business as usual, oh God. Come, Holy Spirit, we ask. Fall afresh on us. Wash us. Cleanse us. Holy Spirit, break us if you have to, but save us. For asking it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen and amen. Turn your Bibles to Acts, the book of Acts. The book of Acts, the book of actions. <laughs> the book of actions. The book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, and I want to read to you, I want us to read, I will read in your hearing, verses 6, begin with verse 6, verse 6, the Bible says, I'm reading from the Revised Standard Version, Brother France. So it may sound a little different, but the same word. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not. It is not 
for you to know times or seasons which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The word of God. Our subject is waiting in vain. When I was growing up, Elder Pruitt, I heard a song said, I don't want to wait in vain for your love. As a child, I did not understand the meaning of that. Waiting in vain. But as I've grown through the years, I've learned the meaning of waiting in vain. Waiting in vain. Waiting for many of us isn't our greatest talent or gift. Good to see you, Katika. Because it's closely related to patience. Waiting for many of us is intolerable. That's why we have Kilmari credit cards. Microwaves to take the waiting out of wanting. Just this Christmas season, I had the opportunity to spend some time with my nieces. And I was appointed, <laughs> appointed to take them to the park. And the park, to be honest with you, is like a mile away. And I felt a five-year-old and a four-year-old could do it. <laughs> the five-year-old said, are we going to drive? I said, uh, we, we can use the exercise. My feet, my only carriage. We can walk. No more than three or so minutes that we leave the premises, the home. The five-year-old said, are we there yet? <laughs> and the four-year-old said to me, I want to go home. <laughs> Not to be daunted by that. <laughs> I said, boy, I made up my mind to go out here, so I'm not turning back. <laughs> and you guys are coming with me. Waiting is intolerable. For when they got to the park, they forgot about waiting. They enjoyed the ride. And they enjoyed themselves, even though they were from the tropics, never felt below 50 degrees. But they were having fun and rejoicing. But waiting 
is a problem. And the problem is magnified when childish attitude is reproduced so frequently in adults. Speed is everything. We got to get it now. I want my money now. We've got fast trains, fast cars, fast walking, and we've got fast food. And we know what fast food <laughs> gets us. And some of our older generation here today, our VIP know the benefit of waiting. You saved up, you waited for marriage, and you stood firm in the face of pressure. You know there can be a blessing in calculated waiting. When you plant the seed, it won't bear fruit overnight. You've got to wait for it to grow. We find the disciples in this chapter waiting. Waiting right between the Ascension and Pentecost. They're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. But there's a problem here within this waiting. Or a, a, a challenge. Because most of us know today that we no longer have to wait for the Holy Spirit. We don't have to tarry for the Holy Spirit because we all can have access to the Holy Spirit right now. So why is there waiting, Miko? Why? We wait because we go through restless periods of waiting. It's one thing to wait patiently, expectantly, waiting with a purpose occupying till he comes, but quite another to be waiting in vain. When God makes us wait for the Holy Spirit, it's for us to be focusing on what's important. This period of waiting is conditional. Our waiting ought to make us focus on our priorities. God wants us to focus on our priorities. Listen to the dialogue in the story. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses. But the disciples had it kind of twisted, you know. You know, us humans, we, we, we can take a good thing and, and mess it up. They were stuck on the real estate of Israel. They were still polit politicking and their Christology was still overly ethnic and they were still exclusive in their thinking. They weren't ready for kingdom building. Somebody needed to straighten them out. Their spirituality was missing a key component. Not Roman policies, but the priorities. 
Not preening and posturing, but kingdom building. Ah, but our messed up priorities. Priorities keep us waiting. Just when we thought we dotted our I's and crossed our T's, we have got everything, we know everything. When we've got it all together, God will show up and expose our priorities and our motives. See, it's hard to make your bed when, when, when you're still lying in it. When entertainment or leisure or work or money becomes our God, we are waiting in vain. When secularism pervades the decision-making of church-going Christians, of Seventh-day Adventist church-going Christians, we are waiting in vain. When our world revolves around everything else, we're waiting in vain. Are we gravitating to him, time and time again, morning, noon, and night. Being a disciple doesn't mean going to a cave somewhere. It's not isolation from the world. Real Christians are light and salt of the world. And if the salt has lost its savor, we are waiting in vain. I'm saying for us to be effective ambassadors for the kingdom, we must first encounter the king. Or we're waiting in vain. Holy Spirit ain't coming up in here unless we have got the prerequisites or conditions or essentials here. See, before you matriculate at CSN or UNLV, You've got to have some prerequisites. Some prerequisites. You can't just turn up at college <laughs> with your scholarship, how great it may be, without the prerequisites. Uh, you, may, you, may, you, you may know how to, how to kick it in the jeans. You may be fantastic, personable. You may be attractive. But you've got to have the prerequisites. No matter if you've got a great personality, you have to have the credits to get you started. No matter how great you can sing, no matter how great you can speak, or how great your financial giving, you've got to have the prerequisites called the prerequisite called the Holy Spirit. The environment got to be right. Got to be right, you know. You know, you know, it's like reproduction, complex biological occurrence, you know, and, 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 and for, for reproduction in humans to occur, it, 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 the, 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 the certain, certain conditions have to be present for it to happen. Kids don't come into the world just like that as most of us think. The, the, the conditions, the environment in the womb has to be right. The pH levels have to be right. The body temperature has to be right. Your timing got to be right. 
And don't forget that the mood, the mood, gotta be right before some reproducing or multiplying can take place. Before the Holy Spirit can do his thing, the environment in the church got to be right. The pH levels, yes, paranoia and hostility have to be at tolerable levels. A lukewarm temperature won't do. And the spiritual mood of the church must be one of acceptance and receptiveness. Without the prerequisite our conditions, we are kidding ourselves, waiting in vain for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's just not going to happen. Acts 2, verse 37 to 38. Go there. Acts chapter 2, 37 to 38. I want us to study and look at this thing right here. Because I want you to go home with something of substance. Acts 2, 37 to 38 tells us, Now when they had heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent. What did Peter say? And each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive who? You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit today? See, a lot of our problems and addictions that we have in our lives are as a result because we lack the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you're like saying, well, what is that? Well, before we're done, we're going to know what that is. Every other prerequisite for the Holy Spirit hinges on repentance, which is freely given. This isn't simply changing our minds, as most of us think. Peter's brand of repentance is dealing with our crucifying of Jesus. Crucifying the Savior again and again. Piercing him afresh. You see, some of us say we're sorry, but we really don't mean it. Yeah, you know, you can go through the motions. I'm sorry, you know I mean that. When deep down you know you meant it. And you say you're sorry just to get rid of the situation. Just to move past it. Just to shove it under the carpet. Huh? But there's much more to sorrow than that. <laughs> uh -uh. Saul was sorry. King Saul. He was sorry when God had, had given him a mandate, go over, take out the Amalekites, and he goes over, and God told him, leave nothing alive. And Saul goes over, and he looks at the nice, the nice flock over there, and he, and, 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 and he decides, he decides that, you know, it would be a good idea if I reserved some of these for sacrifices. When God 
had already made it clear that you should get rid of everything over there. So the prophet comes by and, and says, you know, Saul goes over to the prophet and says, you know, I did everything. I did it all right. I did what God told me to do. And, and, and the prophet says to Samuel, well, wait a minute, what's this bleeding? What, what's this I hear in the background like animals? Saul so said, wait, 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 you know, I, uh, I, uh, I thought that um, it would be a great idea if we keep these separate, you know, because they're, look at them, they're wonderful. Uh, these are wonderful. How could God would want God wouldn't want us to destroy uh, this flock? Uh, we could find some use for it. And so Saul says, "He's sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about it." But it is not genuine sorrow. It is a sorrow because the consequences are coming. And so for us to receive the Holy Spirit in our lives, the environment, the first thing we need, we need some genuine repentance up in here. And the Holy Spirit can do that. Romans 2 verse 4 says, Do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience? Not knowing it's God's kindness that leads you to repentance. Repentance cannot be done by you. Listen. Listen to me. Repentance is a gift from God, you know. And so most of us for years have been trying to repent. <laughs> but, but you want me to read it again? Let, let's read Romans 2 verse 4 because you need to understand this. So you won't have this cycle of I'm sorry, do it again. I'm sorry, do it again. Romans 2 4. Do you, here it is again. I got to spend some time. Do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience? Not knowing it's God's kindness that leads you to repentance his kindness is what saves us. It's the kindness of God that leads you to repentance. Let me break it down some more. When you recognize you don't deserve the salvation offered to you that ought to make you jump up and shout hallelujah. You ought to be compelled to repent when you realize what Jesus has done for you. Every time you will to sin and do your own thing and please yourself. When you come to a point in your life where you want nothing to do with self and everything to do with Christ, the Holy Spirit will come. And how does this happen, Miko? It happens through faith. Yes, yes. Now, Pastor Lewar says it, but the Bible says it. Galatians 3, verse 14. We need some faith. We need some faith. Faith is also a gift from God. Man, all these good gifts come from God. There's no other plan, no deal so great like this, Elder. God says do something, and then he gives you the tools to do it. What a God we serve. He says, do something, and then he says, ah, right, here's everything you need. 
how much you want. Huh? All right, all right, all right, all right. You want to go somewhere. You, 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 you have a plan. You want to go on a trip. You want to go on a cruise. And, and, and somebody says to you, Ella Holiday, you need a vacation. And they say, you need a vacation. And then they turn around. They don't say, I'm going to pray for you. They say, here's $2,000. <laughs> Set yourself up. You want a cruise? Hold that there. No, 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 no. Pastor Holiday, here's 500 for spending money. Let's keep that separate. That's the kind of God we serve. He gives us all the good gifts to get the job done. We don't have to worry and bellyache and be thinking, where is it going to come from? That's the kind of God you serve. We're not serving some little G God. Common G God. We're serving a big God. Bigger than you and me. Galatians 3.14 says, We would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. We would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You know, faith, faith reminds me of growing up. And an experience. My uncles, they took me to the river. Oh, you guys don't have no, you know, you don't do that anymore, right? Rivers are polluted. Right? So we go, they took me to the river, and I was about six or seven, you know. And my uncles are in the deep era uh, section of the river. And they say to me, jump. And I jump off in the river. Now you're thinking to yourself, wow, he's so brave. I jumped off in that river not even thinking that I couldn't swim. And I couldn't swim. And they thought they were kidding around. But I remember it very well that they had to move swiftly to get me. You see, faith, faith, faith is, is, is being able to jump at God's command. When God says, jump, you don't say, it's too rough, Jesus. Look, look, at the, look at the rapids going down there. You sure, Jesus? Do you really want me to jump? Jesus says, jump, so jump. Jesus says, go ahead, go ahead. We need faith for the Spirit accept this gift of faith it is not something you can work up feverishly jump up roll on the ground no this faith is a gift from god it is trust a prerequisite for receiving the spirit in our lives a lot of us are looking for signs and wonders for the powerful and supernatural but the spirit comes because he has promised he will come it's not a feeling. Early writings, page 72. I want to quote this thing right here. Page 72, early writing says, Feeling is not faith. Feeling is not faith. The two are distinct. Faith is ours to exercise, but joyful feeling and the blessing are God's to give. True faith lays hold of and claims the promised blessing before it is realized and filled. 
Here is faith, naked faith, to believe that we receive the blessing even before we realize it. When the promised blessing is realized and enjoyed, death is swallowed up. But many suppose they have much faith when sharing largely of the Holy Spirit that they cannot have faith unless they feel the power of the Spirit. It's not about feeling. And here's another one. For us to receive the Holy Spirit. And here's one that we don't have a lot of eager beavers about this one. Acts 5.32 says, And we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Yeah, lots of us don't like to hear obey. As soon as you say obey, antennas go up, a wall goes up. What? Obey? It's all about grace, brother. Grace. Well, grace on your way to hell. Grace on. Acts 5.32 makes it clear that as we are witnesses of God, God gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives it to those who will obey him. Another gift from God. All these gifts, precious gifts, come from God. Do you believe it today? Yes. Church, do you believe this? The word of God is speaking to us. If we trust God, we will obey him. Amen, Pastor Lewis. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. This is not some legalism. This is heart obedience. Heart. This is heart obedience. And the Holy Spirit is given to those who obey him. When we experience the joy this is not something that makes you sad, man. Not something that makes you look some, some messed up in your face. You know, like you don't have no joy in your life. Like you're in prison. No, 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 no. When we experience the joy of obedience, let me tell you. The greatest decision that I've made in my life is to follow Jesus. My life is better now that, listen to me. <laughs> My life is better now than before I said yes to Jesus. In spite of all the trials and everything else, I know my life has purpose now. There's a big difference, you see. Are you, you Christians not having no fun? You remember you used to party and kick back, relax, and do your thing and do your jazzy move, you know. Do the shake the leg and, 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 and move the, shake the gluterous glam, yeah, and, 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 and do your thing and dress up and drink your booze and shake it on the rocks. Give me a martini on the rocks. And you have fun. And you go over and you do, a, you, 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 you do all you wanted. And then you come back drunk and messed up and you vomiting out your tribe. And then you do it again. And you do it again. And you curse yourself. I'm never going to do this again. And you do it again. We're having more fun now. In Jesus name. God. 
God has transformed our lives, filled us, and now we can rejoice in obedience. We don't do this because we have to. We love to obey. We love to keep his Sabbath. We love it because it's beautiful. Time to set aside, come Jesus. And we just spend some time with Jesus, sing our songs, listen to some gospel hits, and, 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 and just praise God through the apartment and through the home and wherever you are. Just thanking God for what he has done for you. I praise him by myself. You don't have to do I know what he did for me. You can be quiet. That's okay. But I'll, I'll praise God for what he has done for me. So I don't mind. Every dead, lifeless, mean, vexed saint is one who have never the time to serve. I never have time. I'm too busy. Uh, I got, um, you know, this afternoon I got some plans. Got stuff to do. And every day they got stuff to do. Every day. There's no day that they're off to do something else for Jesus. Every ministry you participate in, the primary purpose is to draw people to Jesus. Not a club, not to hang out. The primary focus, you need to hang out and have fun. Don't get past Leo's wrong, eh? We need fellowship. But the primary purpose, the foundational reason we have ministries in the church is for us to take the gospel to people. Souls. You've got to have a burden for souls. And if you don't have a burden for souls, we are waiting in vain. This burden comes when you've got the spirit in you. Well, you've got to do some housekeeping in your life. You know what you need to work on. And the Holy Spirit says, listen to me. You know what you need to do. And I'm going to give you the power to do it. Huh? Are you ready? Are you willing? You ready to surrender, church? And here, here's, here's, here's what happens, though. Some of us are hoarders. <laughs> we are hoarders, you know. <laughs> Holy Spirit wants to get in and, and do some cleaning, but we like to hoard stuff. We, 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 we like to keep a lot of things in, 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 in this. In this right here. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. In this right here. We got tons of Bibles, huh? We got commentaries. We have Sabbath school lessons. We got gospel CDs, 3ABN, Hope Channel, Amazing Facts, Voice of Prophecy, It Is Written, Church Pond, and every program under the sun, and we still lack the essential ingredient. We're just hoarding away all these goodies in there, and we still don't have the Holy Spirit in our lives. We just love having stuff, you know. Holy Ghost just, just got crowded out. We can't hear him bopping our heads, doing our thing. Everything else matters. He can't come in when the body is possessed by stuff. As soon, you know, as soon as we mention body, everybody get quiet. You know what I mean? 
As soon as you mention body and taking care of body, people just get uptight. You know, you're getting personal. Well, I'm going to get a little personal. Blaming on Jesus. Blame it on the cook. I'm just sharing the food right here. Seventh-day Adventists believe we should glorify God with our bodies. That's why we don't put no art in these things on our bodies. Because it ain't yours to begin with. Revelation 14, 7 says, Fear God and give glory to him. This means we honor him in what we eat, in what we drink, and whatever we do. I don't know what you eat and what you're drinking at home. You vegetarian? Hallelujah, praise God. But I don't know. I don't know what you shaking on the rocks at home. I have Martinelli. <laughs> and I hear if you want a little something stronger, you may go with the Sprite. <laughs> we know. I know what I'm shaking on the rocks at home. I know what I'm putting in my body. But we're all commanded... We are commanded that we need to honor him in what we eat, what we drink, or whatever we do. And we do it joyfully. 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 1 Corinthians 10.31. I want you to know the Holy Spirit affects our bodies physically. Medical ministry, page 12, says the Holy Spirit... Listen to this. Write it down. Medical ministry, page 12. The Holy Spirit will renew every organ of the body that God's servants may work acceptably and successfully. Vitality increases under the influence of the Spirit's action. So you can't be wrecking your body and doing whatever you like and and, and, and eating what you like, when you like, how much you like. And then you got all sorts of things going on in your head. You can't think straight. You, you can't work problems out because everything is so blocked up. That's why Paul says, if you're living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Do you want to live today, church? We can't eat what we want when we please. Please, please, please. Use and abuse our bodies. Work until we drop and prosper in health. The Spirit can't dwell in mess. But thank God today I'm ending. Thank God today. For the promise we have. We've got a promise that I read today. Did you get it? We've got a promise that I read today from the word of God. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Make sure you get it. Make sure you, Alexis, don't miss it. The promise in the word today for all of us. Here it comes. Are you ready for it? You ready? You still with me? Here's, here's, here's a promise that we have. Here's a promise that we have. The mercy and grace that, is, that are given to us. God want to work with us. 
God had to work with the disciples in their imperfection. He had to work with what he got. And God is willing to work with us today. He gave a promise. And God is a God that cannot lie. Praise God. I always say to myself, people will lie to you, man. People will lie to you. But there is one thing. God can do everything. Did you hear that? But there is one thing God can't do. God can't lie. So people ask you, is there anything your God can't do? Yes, 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 there's something my God can't do. My God cannot lie. Which means when he makes a promise, no matter what, if it's my promise, it belongs to me and no one else. We don't need to wait in vain today. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's what the Bible says. You will, not you may. It is suggested you will receive power. No, you will receive power. You know, we, 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 we need power so we can go beyond the status quo. We can't be found waiting in vain. We don't need to come up with more policies and plans and techniques and reason statements. What we need is Holy Ghost power. Power displayed in human weakness. Power that works to bless the poor and needy. Power that raises up the humble and dethrones the proud. We need power today. A power that does not conform to the ways of the world. Not only do we need power to go beyond the status quo, we need this power because we can't live by our own priorities. Our planning and our thinking. Yeah, you got some plans. All of us do. But those plans aren't necessarily made by God. I'm encouraged and challenged because God can use ordinary, everyday, and simple men to turn the world upside down for his glory. When they were shaken out, the disciples, out of their stupor and stupidity, from their deceit and deceiving, from their gazing to the amazing, they received power. You know, they were standing there after Jesus had spoken to them. Go there now and see them. And, and, and they're looking up and they're, they're, they're gazing and Jesus is, 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 is floating away. And they're gazing. Looking up to heaven. And they're squinting their eyes. And they wouldn't leave the spot. They missed Jesus. But two angels came by and said, Men of Galilee, please, please, please. Why stand ye gazing? You've got work to do. This same Jesus, taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Don't be distracted. Go to work. We've got some work to do. And when the Spirit of God takes possession of the heart, it transforms the life. Sinful thoughts are put away. Evil deeds are renounced. Love 
Humility and peace take the place of anger, envy, and strife. Joy takes the place of sadness, and the countenance reflects the light of heaven. That's what we want at Abundant Life today. We need power because we need to align our lives with God. Acts 1.14, last text. Acts 1.14 Acts 1, 14 says, When they with one mind, what kind of mind? In one accord, were continually devoting themselves to prayer. They were sorting out their mess. Yes. Then, 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 the sound of a mighty rushing wind filled the room. And then there were cloves of fire resting upon their heads because they had sorted out their mess. And the Holy Spirit fell on them. And it, he filled them. And they received power. Power to heal. Power to give. Power to say, ah, forgive me. Power over fear and depression. Power over addiction. Power to set the captives free. Power over death, hell, and the grave. We need power at Abundant Life. Revelation today won't work. We'll not be successful if we don't have Holy Ghost power. Jesus gave us this gift. He wants to give it to us just as how he gave it to the disciples. We need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it's not that technical. All of us can receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit today. Right this minute, based on your faith. Let's stand and pray about it. They spent time in prayer, didn't they? They spent time praying. Continually in prayer. Not just a short little prayer. Not our style, you know. They, they spent some time in prayer. They didn't just... Uh, two-minute kind of prayer and say, all right, Lord, do your thing. I, 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 you heard what I said, Lord. Take care of it. Handle that. No, they spent time in prayer. I need to spend time, more time 